I've always felt different. I've always seen things, but when I tried to express them as a child, I was always told to ignore it. There were people that I didn't know that came to me and said, I have this message that I keep getting that I have to deliver to you. All of a sudden, out of the shadows, a homeless man just jumped right in front of me, and he said, I'm a soul just like you. I love it. I wanted to understand the universe and who and what we are and what are we doing here. We're all part of this amazing soul wave tapping into each other. This was a major life changer. You are a light. You have helped me a ton. Thank you. You've given me the courage to live more from my soul. Millions of people are awakening. So wake up with Michelle Miche. Be pleased to hear the best-selling authors and experts in the fields of cutting-edge self-help, personal growth, metaphysics, and spirituality. The soul path of awakening. Understand what living awake is. Here we go. Hello, hello. Hello, radiant soul lights from all across the globe. Great to connect with you. Um, Hi in the chat. Wonderful to connect with you, as always, sacred space of empowerment, not only my sound engineers, but really help to ground the energy, and um, all of you, thank you for being such great co-creators of this place we call Awakenings. Um, Yeah, Tammy in the chat, 2022, 2022, here we are, here we go. Um, lots of change. Um, I don't know if you feel it. This year is quite different. Now, that doesn't mean certain things are going to continue to happen, but many of us are responding differently. So we're going to we're going to jump into that uh, in just a little bit here um, and talk a little bit about my morning walk to go visit the chickens and hang out and uh, getting some downloads from the guides, spiritual hierarchy, and the oversouls. And, um, yeah. All right, everyone. If you're in the chat, that's great. If you want to interact that's in chat and ask questions, you can. If you want to call in, that number is 347-539-5122, 347-539-5122. And if you're um, in the queue, you've got to press 1 on your keypad if you, have, you, know, if you want to get on air. So 347-539-5122, press 1 on your keypad. And that lets me know you have a question, a comment. If you want to get a reading, you got to press one. Okay, guys and gals? Hey, everybody. Press one on the key. Yeah, there we go. Pressing those ones. Come on, everybody. I know what people do because I do that too. You just, you call, you start doing other things. Maybe you're shopping, you're running, you're out and about, maybe on your bike, maybe you're vacuuming, maybe you got the kids. You're getting the delivery. And, and you go, oh, my God, I, pressed, I didn't press one. So please, if you're in the queue, there's a lot of you, please press one on your keypad. If you have a question, a comment, want a reading, dream interpretation, whatever, whatever, whatever the question is, the preguntales um, are, press one on your keypad. And I'll try to re- remind. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so great guests coming up, second half of the program. I'm going to be diving a bit into breath work. And uh, Tammy laughing at me in the chat. Hey, Tammy, I know, right? Got it, got it. But I get the emails, you guys. I get the, I waited the whole show and you didn't. And then when I, sometimes I do pick up, people are like, I couldn't, I get the email. I couldn't pick up because I had my kids or I was at work or whatever they're doing, you know. I mean, I didn't, I, I was just, I was just listening. You know, I didn't want to say anything. So 
whatever. Those of you that are traveling with me for what you know, I got to do the the, the the spiel at the beginning. I got you know, I got to do the talk. Got to remind everyone. Please press one if you have a question or a comment. Um, well, whatever. We just want to share something. All right, gang. Let's tell you. Okay, I want to mention. I'm excited about. I got. I actually got three. I'm. I'm very excited. I've got soul-centered living going. I love that. We start a new group of that. I think in March. Um, but I am leaving it for those that also did that. You can kind of jump in too. So I'm going to work something out because some people have said, "Oh, I, I don't. It's ending, and I don't want to. I don't want it to, to be over." Um, but this January 15th, I'm doing a five-week program because a lot of people said, you know, we'd love your channeling. And actually, thank you very much. You know who you are. I, I got some really great feedback. And it touches my heart for the work that I do in putting these courses and classes together because I'm really a teacher at heart and, you know, understanding how to build curriculum. But it's really also my teachers in person and other dimensional I just have to always defer to, it, it, you know, yes, I come up with things, but really I'm passing on some of it is just ancient knowledge or other dimensional information and knowledge. And definitely it's what, and some of you have heard me mention my t- certain teachers, you know, I have had good teachers, even in regular school. I had, you know, I was listening to a podcast the other day. I don't remember what it was, but, uh, oh, Neil deGrasse was being interviewed on um Joe Rogan, his name's Joe, right? Joe Rogan, and he said, people have between one and five teachers in their life that are very instrumental in regular school. We're talking regular school, not not you know continuing education or um, alternative or you know more adult, because um, I think it it probably would be more. But he was keeping it to that, and um, I think Joe Rogan had two, and the sound person or whatever producer had one, and Neil deGrasse had one. And I can actually say I've had, in my schooling and training, I've had five, two at lower level, uh, two or three at, yeah, two or three in high school. And then one, you know, when I was getting my advanced degree. I don't know if that counts, but anyway. But even when I was growing up, I had, and I recognized it as such. I've, I had, you know, I had some, ones that weren't so great, but I had some people that just really zoned in on me or really said the right thing at the right time, and it stuck. And I thought, wow, I really was blessed because I've had five, three to five. You know, two are kind of small situations, but I still remember what they shared with me. So, you know, I value, needless to say, I value teachers, you know, and teaching. I value, it, you know, a lot. And I think we're always teaching, um, you know, we're always learning. But, yeah, so at least five influences. So anyway, so people responded, you know, a lot of people said, oh, my God, I was psychic doing, you know, my psychic ability really jumped up. I'm trusting my intuition. I was able to channel. I can't believe it. And some people had studied with other teachers and said, oh, they weren't as good, or you, there's something about the way you teach this. It's, can, could you extend it so that we can practice more and you can teach us more? Because I was just doing these in, you know, one anywhere from an hour and a half to three-hour session. 
So I'm really, really excited that January 15th will be developing your psychic ability and opening the channel. And so I guess because I teach the energetics of it and show it. It's not just teaching. It's like you start feeling the energy and the, and the shit. You start feeling what what part of you is intuitive, what part is the psychic party, what part is the channeling, what is the opening the channel. How do you use that access point and reinforce it? Um, so anyway, I'm really excited about that. And um, more to come, more to come. Um, yeah, so... And why this this year doing such a big push on this is because this is a very, very uh, pivotal, pivotal year of, of people really waking up to like, whoa, this is how it's going to be and this is how I'm going to respond to it. This is how I'm living. This is how, oh, I see my pack, my group. This is what we're co-creating. This is what we're putting together. And... I'm going to dive into that more because there's a lot of even science, social science around this. Um, you know, that's the big, I think for me what makes it interesting is I, even though I receive this information and I take it as so and, and act upon it, I like to see the confirmations. I like to see how is this manifesting in the world and what's, is there, is there, there doesn't have to be, but many times if you dig enough, there is science or there is, a philosophical doctrine or point of view, or there is biology behind something. There is, you know, like we had Dr. Bruce Lipton on the show, and it's like we're, we're creator cells. Well, we use these terms metaphysically or as healers, but then there's a biological component that, yeah, there actually are creator cells within your body and that, that have the next level information and gets activated or what we would call as metaphysicians decoded at a certain time. And, and we are the creator cells on the planet with our reflecting consciousness, which is also a, a um, psychological and, and scientific point um, phrase, but it's also metaphysical. So I like looking at the juxtapositions and how those juxtapositions come together. And that makes that, and that allows me to be more actually trusting and have more faith because I'm getting this information and reinforcement of it in many ways. And in many ways, that's what we all do to create the reality. So, yeah, we're in a very powerful time this this year because people are really going to be awakening to that. So I really want to support that. So if you're interested in that kind of stuff, you can always go to my um, events and classes uh, portion of soulplayground.life. The link is in the um, description box. And or you can also email me until playground.life. I'll keep you in the loop. You can ask questions. You can connect with me if you want some mentoring on this on MentorCam. Um, there's a link or some yeah in the description box or YouTube or Patreon. We dive deeper into this at Patreon um, because what helped me was my teachers, was the people that and still helps me are my teachers. Um, and I'm always learning. You know, it's very interesting, you know, um, and definitely we're getting to readings. I'm going to cut my talk short. Ooh, it's 12-12. I love it. 12-12 is I'm talking about. because so I want to make sure I have time to get more. Um, because my personal appointments were mid-February into March. So some of you I know have had emailed my assistant and wanted to get in sooner. So maybe you want to, if you want a private reading or session of some sort, you might want to schedule now because, 
and there may not even be anything uh, in February anymore. I don't know. That was the last I looked. Or you can get a little quickie in on MentorCam. So but there are the resources. And, of course, Patreon, people can, you can email me, um, and I answer it through video or our monthly um, metaphysics and spiritualism salon. So you know how I've been saying, and I'm sure other teachers have been saying this and people, and you know, that this next level of awakening and to shift what's going on really comes from individuals. And, it, and, and the word sovereignty has been bantied about. And sovereignty comes with a lot of responsibility. It means you really need to know you. This is why the guides were always pushing me to help people with their intuition, teach them to trust their intuition, to be more psychic, to be able to, you know, understand the messages and, and to live more by that part of them that's giving them these messages and how to connect in through the subtle energy. So all, you know, every, every time there's, a, there's an exponential leap, it's always the people on the fringe, the artists, the metaphysicians, the, the, the ones that are not thinking in the collective, because in a sense, the collective is what we already have experienced or what we already know. That's why it's called the mainstream consciousness or the collective because there's, there's enough aggregate group energy or group think. But in the mainstream consciousness, in the collective, that is not ever where the insight, it, it's almost like you're in water so you don't know that you're in water. You have to get out of the water to see the quality of the water. And so this is why the co-creation aspect of what we're all going through right now is so important, even though it's like things are dissolving. And yes, there's, uh, oh, by the way, on that, I want to let people know, I heard this on something, but there's going to be a march, I guess, to, to stop the mandates, the vaccine mandates and things like this, and some other things. I think it's, it's sometime this month, if somebody knows. Anyway, I said I would pass it on. Of course, I can't, where's my calendar here oh you go to defeat the mandate dc.com so those of you that feel a pull uh towards that kind of you know organizing and, and sharing your gifts in that way that may be something that you're interested um you know interested in maybe something that for you so it's all you know people are waiting and this is the downfall people are waiting for the collective or the group, and that also means the government, because the government is a collective, even though it's individuals, you find the changes, the greater changes happen from those that are more on the outside or the fringe of what the mainstream narrative is. And so it's very interesting that we, we you know, as metaphysicians, I've been sharing this as a terrorist, a spiritualist, metaphysician, I know you're hearing this. Many of you are, are, have awakened to this, in your, perhaps in your own personal life. So now I'm listening to a podcast early this morning before I did my walk and meditation and all that. And it confirmed all this, that there's actually not only sociological and psychological findings and principles on this, but biological, that, um, that these changes – Again, I was watching Joe Rogan. I'm kind of new to him. Maybe people, you know, it's not all this, but I'm looking for, like, where are, I mean, that's one of the most mainstream um, voices you could hear. And also someone that I was a little resistant to, I think what's his name, 
Jordan Peterson interview and Bill Western or Worst Weinstein or Worstein, something like that, um, who's a biologist. And I think they're both biologists, but one has also different discipline. So I'm not afraid to go where places are where maybe I didn't agree before or I thought something was too left, too right, too up, too down. If I feel an, an urge or a nudge towards this, and this is what we all have to watch out for, is so many people are getting these preconceived notions or having very fixed mindsets. And our answers are going to come from what's not fixed. Now, by the way, one thing that really got me, and I've heard this twice, I heard this on the Aubrey Marcus podcast from someone, I don't remember the guest. Oh, I do remember. Uh, Desmond is his last name. Matthias Desmond, um, psychologist who talks about the mass hypnosis, which I know of that has studying and getting being a fellow and getting advanced degree in therapy. We talk a lot about that, what, building rapport, what is, you know, that you can't make anybody do what they really don't want to do. But there are certain people that don't have a sense of self, so they don't have true sovereignty. They don't have a a true connection to source energies. I'm not talking about a connection to an outside God or religion, but a connection to an inner guiding source. And I feel that in the coming age, that the fuller we awaken, people are going to realize that that's true sovereignty. Sovereignty isn't like, oh, I can do whatever I want. I can play my music really loud. You know, who cares? You know, or race up and down the street. You know, it's not this rebellion it's sovereignty is your right to choose because you're coming from, a, you know, ultimately from a more extended or expanded perspective that happens to be beyond duality. Now, my guides, and I think I shared this on one of my Patreon videos months ago, maybe even last, last year for sure, that the guides kept telling me there's a third way. There's a third way. There's a third wave that's coming and a third way, and it's a blending of the extremes of the polarity it's the it's the middle way but we don't know what it is yet because we're um, co-creating it this Matthias Desmond or Desmond uh, who's Belgian uh, by the way spoke of this and then this morning these two biologists um, spoke of this as well this third way and they said that all leaps exponential leaps growth shifts in awareness or consciousness, whether it's in, um, you know, like the hundred monkey story, you know, whether it's, it's in um, certain species that don't have reflecting consciousness, there's always this, this jump, but that, and this is what I've always been saying. So for me, I was like tickled. I'm like, oh, I've been saying this. I love that there's another premise about this, that we as reflecting consciousness, like, so in, in, in trees and everything's consciousness, but trees don't that we know of don't have reflecting consciousness or, um, you know, animal beings, the river. They just are their consciousness is what their their consciousness may manifest, but as far as them stepping back and reflecting and hmm, what should I do this? Should I do that? You know, what's right action or what's the highest principle here or what's good all or am I coming from my heart? you know, or my wounded, all that kind of stuff is, is, is us. And so one of the, um, I think it was Jordan Peterson was saying this, both of them were saying this, both of these guests, um, and also the biologists said we're wired for this, that when, we're, when things get too 
tyrannical, too totalitarian, you know, for looking at at an outer rule government, or even within ourselves. If things get too much to one extreme, now, of course, metaphysically, we call it the extremes of the polarity. When the extremes are getting, when we're getting towards that level of it's too extreme, something kicks in, in nature. And what's happening now to many people right now is that we're kicking ourselves in, right? We're, we're kicking into it where we're going, oh, I better step it up here or I better look around. And some of you, you can look at it through the numerology, through the astrology, especially with when we're having, you know, Jupiter is going, is, is in Pisces and we have Neptune in Pisces, that north, northern Taurus, south node in Scorpio. It's taking all that Scorpionic energy, the underworld, uh, the Piscean subconscious, the depth of the occult, and how do we bring it to the earth, which is the Taurus energy. So according to my guy, I mean, the things that we're going through with the pandemic and the back, all this power struggle, we've got four years of it from 2020. They told me back in 2017 that my, vis- my four days of visions or four nights of visions was four years. Now, that doesn't mean it's going to go away. It just means we're going to all know, and I, I do feel by this, this year, it, for some of you, the middle of this year, some of you, the end, you're going to know where you fit in, what camp. Not out of us and them, but by resonance, where you're better off being or going towards or, or what are the opportunities that are opening for you. Because a lot of what we have going on, we're going to be dealing with for a very long time. And especially, I feel like the bigger changes that we're going to see individually that really then start be, uh, affecting the collective in a really, really next level wake up are really going to happen in part of 2023 and into 2024. So the end of that four year cycle. And it also happens to coincide. Um, well, we've got the Pluto transit with the United States, but we've also got the Pluto. Pluto will be going into, into um, we're moving out of Capricorn and going into Aquarius, which is a much more individual sign. So many of you are just getting a kind of a wake-up call and a preparation as to what is to come, and so that you have your own, you know, will, what we say, the little will, personal will, aligned to the divine will, which is your true sense of self. It's like to finally be honest with what you, how you are, what you really think. Like, I don't mind, like I said a minute ago, I, I don't mind, um, and, it's, and it used to bother people, but it, it, I can see now it's going to be, it's a great skill set. Because <laughs> um, my, my mom used to say, oh, honey, people aren't like you. <laughs> There's not a lot of people. I don't mind the diversity. Even if I don't agree with someone, I I will entertain because I also know that everything that is here comes from the one source, God, the all that is. And the God, the all is very, is impersonal. It's objective. It's, 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 you know, the, the ultimate energetic matrix. Uh, Well, actually it's beyond the energetic matrix. The all that is, is formless. So it's, it's even beyond our concept of God. And that was one of the things that came in my meditation this morning was that, that uh, I think what people are, a lot of people are having trouble with and what's going to ultimately set a lot of people free is our interpretation, we're interpreting the meaning of what's happening to us or what's happening in the world. And it's as basic as what we think is the right thing to do. And a lot of it has its roots in, in religion. 
the concept of God, as soon as we start creating a concept of what God is, we're already divisive. We're already dividing out. We're in, we're in, we're in mindfulness at the highest level. Dhyana Vipassana, Vipassana, because now I'm seeing that God is separate as me and as observing or separate as another person. So what was interesting, these two, now they had a little bit of different languaging, but these, this, those two, and I, I think the, 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 I'm mentioning this podcast because I think it's worth listening to. Um, they talked about, and I'm hearing this more and more from more fringe, but still they're in the mainstream construct of, of schooling, um, are talking about what's, what's harming us and separating is this us and them that we cannot take in, that we have all these properties within us to some degree, no matter how saintly or good or however you want to term it. And I say that as a metaphysician, we would not be on the planet if we did not have some corresponding vibrational match to what is occurring. But that also means, like in homeopathy, like treats like. So in recognizing that, it loses its hold. It loses its stranglehold. And then we begin not to fear the other. And we're wired to fear the other, whether it's something within ourselves it's oppositional or an idea or another person. That's been hardwired. It's it's in our biology. It's in our genes. It's, it's you know it's in the, the reptilian brain structure. But that is changing as we come into the higher awareness to have that presence. We begin to change the interpretation to even just say, well, I don't know. I don't know if that shape up there in the dark night is. It's somebody waiting to pounce on me. And then as I get closer, oh, it's just a bush. <laughs> it's, just a bu- it's just a bush that looked like a person. So there is going to be a lot more coming up about a fear, facing our fears. Um, a lot of deep fears that are, are deep, entrenched, sociological, psychological fears of of many thousands of years, generations upon generations upon generations. And we and those of you that are doing that, it's a brave work. Because we're not only facing our fears, we're facing the fears that have been encoded within us that have been passed on throughout hence ancient times, throughout history, to keep us safe. But it's actually now because the trajectory is, is no longer, it's changed. We're in the unification process. We're in the unifying aspect that eventually more and more people will recognize that they're one with source, whatever that source. And they might say, oh, well, not, not that my, how many times have you heard, well, my God is different than your God. You know, Christianity and Islam, my God is different. No, it's the same God. Your interpretation of God might be different. So that's a whole other ballgame. If we can all agree that there's one source, and out of that source comes the many, and from the many is that one source, and that source is infinite. It's innate intelligence. It's the creative aspect of the all that is. It's formless. And we can give it a lot of different names. But if we can come to the table and say, well, there is only one that we all emanate from, but we, we interpret this energy or concept differently, or, and we choose to, and therefore I want to live differently, that's a much different thing. That's like, whew. Okay, because right now people are thinking, and whether it's the religion of the vaccine, of the, of, of, the, of the government, you know, right now we're like, well, my 
people say this and mine say this and this is the way. But if we can step back and see, well, we're giving meaning and purpose by where we are vibrationally, where we are in the scale of evolutionary unfolding, then we can also have a little more compassion for each other. Well, they may not, they might be in their wounding right now, and that's why they're interpreting this this way. But if we can at least all begin to see that we're interpreting by where we are or by what we believe, then we can take that whole top tier of different gods fighting different gods, because that's pretty scary. If my God is different than your God, that's pretty scary, which, you know, because God is powerful, right? Or spirit, my spirit, my religion. If we can take that off the table and bring it back into the individual, but then that's what sovereignty is. That requires the self-responsibility and to really know oneself. As said over the school of Delphi, the mystery school, the first step is knowing thyself. Because when you know thyself, there's less stress of what to do and not to do to be safe, to be healed, to be holy, to be successful. There's less, it's like, well, that's not really resonating with me. That's fine for you over there, but this is how I do it. So, yeah, we've, this is the year of that type of transformation, exponential leaps, quantum aspects of being coming more and beyond the quantum. Because essentially what we're all living is a probability is being played out by our level of awareness and consciousness and our beliefs, what we hold to be true. And that's why in, in, in hypnotherapy principles, one of the first things is, especially if someone's skeptical, is just, well, I'm not asking you to believe or disbelieve, just suspend disbelief just for this moment, just for this session. And so we're going to not be able to understand a lot by logic and reason and analyzing. So connecting in to your soul essence, connecting through your intuition, becoming more psychic, which psychic means soul, comes the Latin word psyche. The more you're on that trajectory, the more you're in that track, it changes the trajectory actually. That you get, we'll get, so 2022 is about getting on track, your track, the right track for you. And it's not going to come from the head a lot. It's going to come from the heart and the understanding of higher principles. You know, it's to be able to sit next to someone and not agree with everything they're saying and also even see the limitation. I mean, I did that this morning in that podcast. I was like, wow, some of this is amazing. And some of it, this guy is just really trying to get this belief and agenda across, but that's also what he's really excited about. So it's great, but it's also a limitation. But I could still hear what else was being said and, and resonate with it because I was willing to remain open. So spirit will definitely be the guide in 2022. I mean, connecting into your spiritual aspect and letting and being guided by spirit and, and, and moving more into that unfolding flow will really be a superpower this year and 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 a necessity so we might well god is love but god is not love too (laughs) athena i mean god yeah god is love in all its forms but and 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 in the formlessness but there we, we have to recognize if everything comes from sunray the void yes get comfortable with it um, I've seen if my mom would stop comparing her God to everyone else. Yeah, the thing is, 
it's the same source energy that creates the bigot, the person that we don't, you know, like. It's a vibrational frequency. See, that's what we have to get. We have to understand the impersonal aspect of God. I mean, God, yes, is love, is warm and fuzzy and all that, but but everything, we can't have it both ways. We can't have everything emanates from one source into many different forms, yet there are two forces. So the, the, there's one force that breaks down into different ways of using that force. It's like kundalini energy. It's all just energy. But one person might be using that energy to cook. Another person might be using that energy to read. Another person might be using that energy to work out. Another person might be using that energy to plant trees. Another person might be using that energy to have sex. Another person might be using that energy to be on their podcast. You see what I'm saying? We have to start getting into the understanding of what we all term source, source energies, and that it manifests in different ways. That takes back a huge chunk of the projected wounding out. And it's a hard pill to swallow, because then it's, but it is the ultimate self-love and compassion because it's the same part of us that does something that we might say is horrible or crappy, you know, or mean or reacting from trauma. That doesn't mean we're any less God or any less source. It's the wounded aspect of us, but it still comes from the one source. So as that, that, that's going to become, that, that paradox in 2022 is going to become very, very um, obvious. And, and the higher you get or more extended or expanded in consciousness and the upper dimensions of living and being, people are going to have to re- reconcile that. That's the path we're on right now. How do I reconcile, you know, Hitler came from God. You know, it's a big one right now. A lot of people, this back to these two people, we're talking a lot about Hitler. But in other words, if I, if I, have, to, if I have to say, well, that's, I don't know where that person came from, you know, or they were talking about the person that ran the people over in Charlottesville. Um, if I can't see the humanity, if I can't see the God essence in them, but also the wounding, if I can't say that we came from the same source, even though their life turned out very differently, that's all that, that's all that's being asked of us. It's not to condone anything or give anybody like a pass on things, but, but to see that everything comes from that one source. That's when we start getting into the interconnectedness of everything and everyone. There's no longer just words. You know, then we have other things. Okay, but are they wounding? Did they handle their wounding? You know, what kind of environment did they grow up? You know, all those things are secondary. You know, they're, way, they're tertiary. They're way down on the list. But just to start acknowledging and living from the place of there is that emanation that manifested in this form that comes from the oneness, and there's a reason for that. There's a question and an answer there. There was enough vibrational frequency, resonant frequencies, for that person and or situation to manifest. And until we start, enough of this, it's not going to be everyone. It's going to be different people doing it in their different way, maybe through sociology, biology, metaphysics, spiritualism, um, different ways that are seeing this and acknowledging this and even just understanding this and living this in their mind 
doesn't always have to be action, but in their mind with that awareness that that begins to shift the, the, the segregation, the divisiveness, the split. Powerful, which means it's, we hold the power. It's all about us. It's all about us. Yes, God is a vibe. Yes, Athena, yes. Yeah, it's not a person in the sky. That's what we, yeah. So again, every people, different people are going to have interpretations of this. But what creates, everything is consciousness, right? And consciousness holds different levels experiences and expressions, levels of vibrational frequency, vibrational frequency, energy, and, and wavelength, right? We're finding that a lot of manifested form is, is waves. Like that's why it's a soul wave, your soul wave. So yes, at the highest level, that's, and we hear these terms, everything is energy. So all I'm suggesting is that we start understanding these terms. What does it mean everything is energy? What does morphogenic fields mean or fields of resonance we feel it we interpret it through the subtle energy but we are we are trained to think in terms of denser physical reality like a lot of people i call it the santa claus effect a lot of people think god is like this white-haired man like a lincoln sitting up somewhere in heaven watching us that's attributing a very limited point of view of to God that, that everything emanates from. So we're kind of having to get a different point of view or understanding that that's an interesting story, but okay, it's a superhuman, you know, even archetypes. You know, I teach a lot of these archetypes in the work that I do. Those, those are energetic templates or matrix of, of energy and how something expresses and experiences through life, right? Joseph Campbell talked about archetypes, you know, the hero's journey. We're all doing that. We're all doing this. That's what the tarot is. It's this archetypal energy, these templates that we all experience and express life through. So we're update. We need to connect more to those templates and to update them, the meaning and to, to update the meaning. We have to recognize that we're living out these archetypal images, slaying the dragon. Right? Going in the underworld. That's what astrology is based on archetypes. You know, the Greek and Roman gods, the stars. Would you read the chart? It's not that the planets are doing something to us. They're reflecting. They're, they're a, a map, a booklet or a map to read what's happening in the oneness. As a, through God, the, the infinite aspect that's manifesting and how is it affecting us individually and how are we affecting the oneness it's both ways it's a conversation back and forth we affect god god affects us and all that god is and its forms and functions and all that we are we're all one we're we're constantly it's like an echo we're echoing something that comes back uh, by the way, before I get to callers, um, I know I said I was going to go too, but I got off. Um, I've been having so many miracles and more things in my life not only are working, but mechanical things, devices, things that weren't working before. So please, if you have your miracles, I think we have Mark Mancola coming on in February, um, who the author of the, the Way of Miracles. Um, on my Facebook page, my profile page, and definitely also on Instagram, there's an expect a miracle post 
please let me know your miracles um, and how they're unfolding. I'm finding that the more you start living with the expectation of miracles, it definitely changes your energetic field, and things just start – I've gotten so many experiences of this, and I've actually had a couple clients and and Awakenings listeners leave um, on my Instagram uh, post on miracles that things just started working. And I've been noticing that's been happening with me too. My water faucet was only having one way, which I don't – it was only like – one way for the water to come out. And I kept trying to get the other way, which is kind of like a shower. And finally that's been working. It is all of a sudden. So there's a lot of things. It's pretty powerful and profound. And I'd I'd love to hear um, if you're focusing on this and what you're experiencing. All right. I'm being chatted. Let's get to callers. Hello, hello. You're on Awakening. Hi, Michelle. It's Mitchie. How are you? Hey. enhancing for you right now and where you're going, that's what you need to do. Because you'll be able to harness that energy better. Right, right, you know, right. The energy that's, does that make sense? Yes, it does. And it's, it's a little bit like I sometimes I wish I didn't have to make the decision and just, you know, it would just happen for me. Like, just, I, yeah. I just want like, it to happen. Just happen. Just like, perfect. Like, okay, everything would fall into place. He leaves. My, my businesses are, are okay. Um, I'm not worried about financials with the kids. Um, and everything's perfect. I have money to rent all the house before I sell it. And I know where I'm going. That's another thing. I don't know where to go now. I have to sell the house, but I don't know where to move to. And I've been asking, I've been asking Spirit, and I'm not getting a clear answer. I'm like, I need answers. <laughs> Well, you might uh, be I'm, getting it, but it may not be. Well, here's the thing. Um, um, let's see. You're, the thing is, in honesty, so many of us are in this position. It's going to be changing more mid this year on. But a lot of it, if we look right. at astrology, it's just sadder. Everything is to process. And also it's training us to go less by what we're only planning and know of, um, more of 
where are we actually being guided or led? So if you if you're not if you're perceiving you're not getting an answer, that's the human you, that's the ego. That means stuff is still in play and you don't know where to go. So where you are right now is the place to be. See, this energy is forcing so many people to not jump to just get out of the ambiguous situation, to not just make something happen. Right. So it maybe okay. you need to focus on another route. Maybe it's your income. Maybe it's stability where you are. Maybe it's getting, I don't know, someone in the house to help you. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of, while, while things are coalescing, one of my metaphysical right. teachers used to call this more facts are needed. Like, it's not that we're not getting the answers. We're just not getting the answers that align with us. Um to what we want to do, you know. Before all of this happened, I was set to, I was set to move to, uh, I was looking at Portugal and Spain and leaning towards Spain. I had all this paperwork done. I was doing this big move. Um, yeah. And now I'm like, okay, I, I have to just, uh, maybe I'll go visit and see. I'm just waiting. I'm like, okay, what, there's a bigger picture that I, that I wasn't aware of. You know, so right, right. you have to remember there's another aspect of us that we can't see that's always unfolding. And that's the part that's always connected to the higher self or the higher vibrational aspect of us. And so all these things that are happening to, to us or through us are forcing us to like, oh, how do, I, how do I live from that space now? Yes. In a, yes. You know, in an everyday way. Yeah. So look for what you can do with what's around you. Right. Okay. 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 I shall. Right, you take, Thank you, my love. You shall. Oh, you love you much. Take Bye. care. You too. Bye. Bye. Okay. People have questions or comments. You wanted a reading. That number is three four seven five three nine five one two two. You have to press one on your keypad. Hello. Welcome to Awakenings. You're on air. Hey, Michelle. It's Lynn. Hey, Lynn. Welcome. How, welcome. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm loving all this stuff with the miracle energy. Yes, I, I am too. And uh, our little group here is tapping into that with everybody, so it's wonderful. Yes. Hey, yes. I wanted to just uh, see if you could uh, check it, do a little check-in for me. Uh, you know, I've been kind of marinating and couple things mm-hmm. moving, but I kind of wonder what you saw might be coming up. Okay, that's a big question. In what area? What do, what do you want, what specifically, what do you want to look at? Um, work, career, or, you know, some, something along. Okay, uh, work, my career, what are you going to be doing? Okay, well, like that. Contributions. Um, feels definitely like also this year you're going to be synthesizing something or really um, narrowing things down is what I'm hearing. And it's not just yet. It's not just yet. And what you're just like. Did that be too? I'm not getting the answers. Be, I'm not getting the answers no. because it's still in process. It's not time. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's still in process. And I feel like you're still doing like some deep work on yourself and, and getting clearer about 
where you were, where you are, what's important to you. You know, a lot of the work purpose that's going to be coming out um, for everyone, and I, I love that term, work purpose, term by one of my dear teachers, um, in psychology and spiritual healing, Dr. Martin. Um, it comes from an, an urge from the soul. It comes from within. And, and so it is this inspiration that leads to inspired action or aspiration, some people say. So I feel like you're getting closer to it. You might even work with somebody helping with what they're, something that they're doing, learning from them, and then taking that on and moving that on. Um, I do see a lot of writing with you, a lot on the computer, maybe or a lot of online courses or workshops or, I don't know, groups or something. But I do see the computer somehow figuring in a okay. lot with you. But it's not just yet. You're still bringing some elements to, together is what I'm hearing. Yeah, the next big step is going to be these elements kind of coalesce into, into, into one where you're like, this is what I'm going to do. You know, this is the direction I'm going in. Yeah, I hope that helps. Okay. It's still your yeah, process, the, the marinating, you know. Marinating. Yeah, it makes sense. I, I, and doing a lot of research and um, just trying to have fun doing it. So, oh, good. I think that's a big part of this time right now is the research, the, the banding together, sharing what you know, where and how you can, Enjoying the learning and then banding together. Enjoying the learning, banding together. And then the true needs of you as an individual as well as the group or groups you're involved with and the group and the community and the world, then you'll see what's actually needed. We're in a lot of flux and flow right now, right? And that's why for yeah. many people there isn't yet a clear direction because we don't yet know what is the clear need. It's getting clearer, and this is the year that it, I feel like it's going to be crystal clear. I know I've been getting that, but I've been in this process, I don't know, three, four, five years of um, kind of shifting and changing and not really knowing where I'm going. And now, and now I see everything that I've been putting together, it's like it's now it's coming together, that there's a picture forming. You know, the puzzle pieces are making the picture. So, and I had to marinate a lot. So if you're still marinating, there's a lot that's happening, but it may not be in your immediate vision, you know, the, the external part of you, the conscious part, happening at deeper levels. All right. Right. Perfect. Thank you so much. Talk to you You're soon. Welcome. You too. Hi, welcome to Awakenings. You're on air. Hi there, Michelle. Thanks for taking my call. My name is Cynthia. Hi, Cynthia. Hi. Welcome. And I wanted to ask you if you saw anything. Yeah. I've also been marinating. And I keep coming back in, um, towards looking into real estate. I'm looking for work on a on a mm. take classes online. Um, I looked into this a while back, and then I didn't. And then it keeps coming back again. And my father was in real estate and land and property. And I'm really feeling like, is there a calling to do that as well? Yeah, as I need go to for it. Yeah, okay. because if it keeps coming back, and it's also showing past energy that you have with it around you. I actually feel that that's also going to be um, really good investment for many people and that there's a lot that's going to ha be happening with real estate and real and property. So, yes, if, if that's the message. If things keep coming back around, 
even if mm -hmm. we don't see, well, how is this going to play out, or I didn't do this before, then that is that internal messaging system from the soul relaying the information to, like, okay, go in this area, go in this area. Yeah, so you've got your confirmation. Okay, so that so you're feeling it too then. Okay, because I, I have that perfectionist, and uh, thank you. I also looked into my design thing and found out I was a projector. So you guys were talking about that. Oh, okay, that was... yeah. I'm a generator manifester, yeah. So yeah, so you yeah. got the projector gets the outside mirroring, right? Yeah. Gets the confirmation. Yeah. So what I suggest to you, yes, your confirmation can come from people, but it may come in different sources. Like there's a mirroring to yourself. If you keep if you keep coming back to something, that's mirroring the importance to you, right? Okay. The other thing that's yeah, mirroring you is that per is what? Is life coaching under like Martha Beck as a wayfinder that keeps mirroring back to? Okay. Well, if you're if there's multiple things that are mirroring, then I would say explore in the way that you can research them, experience them, because you might be doing all of it. Mm -hmm. Um, and and you may and you may end up doing just some of it. You might, you know what I'm saying? There's no reason. Like I do what I do, but I also have investments. So, so there's no reason you can't do both. You know, some people, oh, right. how could you invest? Or you, yeah, well, no, I, why not? So buy real estate or put, you know. So, yeah, so that's part of the marinating is trying different things. Like It's like the spices. You're trying different things out to see how it feels to you, how it tastes to you. Yeah. So yeah. I, I would say you're getting, I'm just confirming what you already know. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Keep it All right. Cynthia. This sounds great. Thank you. Yeah, I too. called last week. I was the one stuck in the cemetery. Oh, oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so you're coming out. <laughs> I'm on. I'm on. All right, you take care. Let's Thank see. you. Thank you. Yeah. All right, everyone, it's time for our awakening dialogue. Um, if you didn't, if you're in the queue and you had a question, a comment, or you wanted a reading, um, call back in next week. Today we have our Awakening Dialogue, a uh, great guest um, doing a lot in the world, Ava Johanna um, of the Academy of Breath.org. Um, Ava is a open book willing to speak on any topic to facilitate healing. Um, her passion is working through the breath um, and helping people hack their nervous system, understanding breath work better in their life. Uh, she's a founder and visionary, actually, behind the Academy of Breath, which is an international breath work and meditation school focused on making the ancient embodiment practices of breath work tools that people can use along in their life. Uh, she's worked also with wellness brands like ALO Yoga, Mind Body Green, Yoga Journal, and her mission is to bridge the gap between modern neuroscience. Um, if you want to jump on to connect with her more, you can go to academyofbreath.org if you want to get a bit of a visual and other uh, stuff that she provides. Hello, Ava. Welcome to the program. Hi, Michelle. It's so great to be here with you today. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. So you're very... Um, 
I see that willing to talk and be with different people just to get your message, which I feel is great, which is really giving people this tool of breath work um, to make their lives better. Um, I think that's pretty amazing. Yeah, you know, I think that in the beginning of the, not in the beginning necessarily, but in the most recent years, breathwork, meditation have obviously been becoming more and more popular as more research has been coming out about how powerful these practices are. But there still is a little bit of, I would say, skepticism because these tools do kind of come and originate from spiritual practices. And so, the ability to get breathwork in front of and meditation in front of as many people as possible is really just ultimately a tool to enhance their lives, their careers, their relationships, because these practices can do so much if you really dig into how they impact your body, how they impact your energy, how they impact your emotions. So it's just a gift to be able to speak to different communities and say like, hey, you have this elixir of life inside of you and it's totally free and you can use it at any any given moment and it will completely change your life yeah i mean that's one of the things i really like um that breath work and meditation or healing work it, it's a, it's within you like if you're i always say well if you're on a deserted island what are you going to do you, you don't have your devices but this you have within you you know everyone has this and has the ability to learn um to use this. And definitely times are changing. I, I used to do a lot of work at schools and with at-risk youth, and we, we couldn't, you know, we could say breathing techniques, but relaxation was the big buzzword. You could not say yoga, um, definitely could not say meditation, because they associated yoga and meditation with Hinduism, that it was a religion. Right. You're, like, trying to teach the children a religion. That seems to be changing, right? I mean, I mean, when you say, I know there's still a bit of stigma, but do you find that more people are able to separate it out from religion these days? Absolutely. I think especially with the emergence of the term mindfulness, meditation mm-hmm. and different breathing techniques have really emerged in the modern Western world from a place of neutrality, really. You know, once mindfulness, based stress reduction technique was created by John Kabat-Zinn back in the um, 70s, I believe it was, a lot, a lot, a lot of research started going into what's actually happening in the brain and in the body when we do these practices. So now we have this really modern and I would say more sterile approach to these practices that I think makes it a lot more accessible to people without it having any type of dogmatic religion associated with it. Um, And, you know, there's so much neuroimaging and um, research available that shows that these practices are actually altering the structure of your brain in such a profound way that it's really hard to um, argue with the science of how good it is for you. Yeah, yeah. And I would say it must just be time and timing because even before that, you have Herbert Benson, a Harvard um, neurologist that studied, um, and I don't know what he is, another doctor as well, but um, the whole idea of focused awareness and breath, you know, um, and meditation. And so it works for stress reduction. Now you hear also, so it's it's interesting because each incarnation is kind of getting I don't know, maybe the mainstream world is getting a little more comfortable. And as you say, as more and more science is gardener, because I remember the whole science of breath, science of meditation, and 
that the relaxation response, that's what he really um, honed in on, is that we have this innate relaxation response, which, of course, now we're, there's more research, and maybe you can speak to this, even about the power of um, the vagus nerve within us, mm-hmm. how important. So it's almost like we're, in a sense, hardwired within the structure of us, um, breath and heartbeat, you know, being the center, hardwired to create these states of relaxation and inner alignment, peace and joy. What are your thoughts of that? It seems like it's, like you say, it is all within us, and, these, and there has been these studies. Um, most recently, they were saying with the vagus nerve, there's a lot of, you know, buzz around that, um, and specific even breath work for that. But yeah. that this is something within us innately. Yeah, I think that the human body and the way in which we have uh, evolved over thousands and thousands of years still contains this, like, innate ancient intelligence. And I personally think Mm. it's the coolest thing that we actually have this, like, little trap door inside of us that we can open up that can help us to escape any stressful situation pretty darn quickly too you know talking about the relaxation response and our vagus nerve um, you know our relaxation response is a part of our autonomic nervous system and on both sides of the nervous system we've got our relaxation response or that um, stay and play or rest and digest as some may have heard of it and then on the other side we've got our fight or flight which is really the survival response the this is go time for me to get out of this bad situation and make sure that I stay alive which you know thousands of years ago made a lot of sense it could be a saber-toothed tiger that we are opposing it could be a big forest fire whatever it was back in the um, like hunter-gatherer caveman ages it was really important for us to have that stress response so that we knew it's either time to to fly to fight or to pretend like we're dead so whatever threat that's around us doesn't actually attack us and kill us. So back then it worked, but over time it's actually become this maladaptive trait that is responding to things that don't need to have that intense stress response going off in our body. Because what happens during that stress response, our body is flooded with cortisol, with adrenaline, which are acidic chemicals by nature. So that causes aging. It causes inflammation. Um, The stress hormones in our body are meant to be released for, you know, 10, 15 minutes at a time and then go back to normal. But with anything from getting a bad email to, you know, going out to your mailbox and seeing a bill that you didn't expect to someone cutting you off on the freeway, all of those things are creating these little alarms in our brain that are saying it's not safe maladaptive trait of fight or flight has actually created more inflammation, more sickness, more um, immune issues over time because our modern world and our ancient brains just haven't fully caught up to the cell phone or the freeway or whatever it might be. And so really the breath, again, is this trap door that in those situations that our life isn't in danger. We're not about to get eaten by a tiger, we're safe, we're contained in the four corners of our home, or we have a roof over our head, or there's food on the table. How do we get our bodies and our minds out of that stress response, that fight or flight, so that we can get back to feeling safe, feeling expansive, 
and feeling empowered to live our life in the way that we not that we want to that's not out of reaction but really out of responsiveness right because when we're in that fight or flight response we've got tunnel vision on one thing and one thing only how do i survive this moment and when we talk about really you know our awakening and you know in 2022 going after the things that we desire starting the business finding the partner you know, to take inspired action, to show up and to be in the embodiment of our highest self and to be confident and to feel free really does require us to not be in survival mode, but to be the one steering the ship and be the one that can zoom out of that tunnel vision and look around and say, how do I want to show up? Not out of reaction, but out of choice. Mm, Wow, powerful, Ava. As you're talking, I'm thinking like, Really, again, the, the the it's a pattern interrupt. Yeah, and right. So, what would you suggest? Because a lot of times, uh, people wait a little bit to the last minute. So, what you're talking about? Are there ways to start seeing and or feeling like almost like when something's coming on? You know. Mm-hmm. It's like sometimes if I feel a little fluish, I take my, I have some homeopathics I start taking, you know what I mean? Or mm-hmm. I, I eat yeah. different, you know, extra soup. What would you say, because I feel like there's like two-tongue approach here, like what you're saying as, a, as integrating this more and more into one's life, lifestyle, but then you're also presenting this is a way, like you said, the trap door, the pattern interrupt to circumvent before we go down that you know, stretchy rabbit hole that we can actually use this as a tool in the, it sounds like in the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, leave. exactly. I mean, you said it perfectly, Michelle, it is two pronged. It's, it's a lifestyle and it's, it's a, it's a tool in the times when we start to feel ourselves getting carried away or maybe falling back into old patterns. And also in the times where we've already fallen back into the patterns where we've already gotten carried away, we right. become aware and then can bring ourselves back out of it. So for me, the breath has become such an integral part of my daily life. It is the practice that I use every single morning to center myself, to get still, Mm -hmm. to pray, to be able to hear my inner voice, to be able to take inspired action based off of the power that I'm generating from within me through the breath instead of seeking outside of myself. And then in addition to that, because we are all human and we cannot escape the modern stresses and whatever might come out throughout the day. I also know that and when I start to feel in my body, let's say my shoulders tense up or my heart beating a little bit faster, or I'm clenching my palms or I'm clenching my jaw, you know, all of the signs of starting to get worked up. Um, then I can take a moment and say, okay, let me just do this breathwork practice and bring myself out of it. Or on the other hand, I teach nine different styles of breath work. Um, There's also practices that we can do when it's like, I need an extra boost. I'm about to go in for this interview, or I'm about to um, show up on a live call for the first time. And I want to have energy. I want to feel confident. I want to feel alive. Let me do this breath work practice instead. So that's one of the cool things about the breath is that it really is a medicine that you can use in so many different ways based off of what you need in that moment. Mm. Wow. I like that. So yeah, you're really, it is as a tool 
Um, and I think, I mean, I love what you're sharing because I feel like it's always been important, but more and more as, you know, the, the coming years and what we're, what we're going to be living with and through and changing, you know, certain things individually and collectively, that we need these tools. We need to start kind of looking at ourselves as not vehicles of expression, but also as tools, as implements, if, if we're feeling something or, or need something, you know, the awareness. I guess I'm also feeling like what you're saying is requiring, which I think is amazing, a lot of awareness. We need to be more aware. And it starts incrementally. What, what would you say to people, let's say, that are listening that are like, yeah, how do I start this? Because that's where I feel the disconnect is. I even get that with my clients. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, you know the tools. You know what to do. <laughs> it's just got to yeah. – there's no magic pill. There's no – you know what I mean? There's, that I know of anyway. You, 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 you have to do it. So what helps you and what has helped the people that you work with to start narrowing that gap from what they know? They know the tools. Let's say they, they go to your, you know, academy. Or they do work with you you're not with them 24-7, what starts helping people from what they know to do to actually doing it? Yeah. What a, the, the million-dollar question, right? Because <laughs> it's, it's, it certainly is not a magic pill. And I will say, you know, I'm not perfect. I do not sit down every single morning religiously and do my practice. I do it every single day. But you know what? Sometimes I do get sucked into my phone or sometimes I have my cappuccino a little bit earlier than I should. And I just don't feel like doing any breath first thing in the morning. Me so, too. Me too. Me too. <laughs> so I think the fir- first and foremost is just for anyone listening to know that nobody's perfect at these practices. But having uh, energy of devotion is really what has supported me the most in showing up. And I think that the way that we get into an energy of devotion is to first and foremost have an incredibly strong why for why we are doing the things Mm. that we're doing. There are so many things out there that we could add to our to-do list. And there's probably a lot of you listening right now that have a very long to-do list, and there might be things on that to-do list that you don't even know why you're doing it. Maybe you saw someone else do it. Maybe on social media, um, some expert said to do it. Maybe you read it in a book, but there wasn't the real strong intention of this is why I'm doing this. And if we are doing things without intention, it's never going to feel or generate the momentum that we really desire it to. And so why do you want to do the things that you're doing or what in the process of doing these things, what is it getting, getting you to? So for me, when I think about why I sit down and do breath work and meditation every single morning, of course, it's to connect to my higher self. It's to, you know, as was kind of mentioned on like the physical side of things to create that balance, that equanimity in my body. So I'm not getting burnt out or too stressed out and can really be present in my life. And even greater than that, I meditate and I breathe because I want to be a walking example of what's possible for these practices so that more and more people can become awakened through seeing me, being inspired, and then trying it themselves and feeling it themselves. And so for me, my why is bigger 
than me. It's bigger than a paycheck. It's bigger than um, a singular feeling. It is really in service to the world. So when I sit down and meditate and breathe every single day, I bring myself to that. So when the resistance comes up, I remind myself of my why. And I kind of think about it from the perspective of our why being like a fire retardant blanket because we're going to walk through the flames. We're going to walk through the flames of fear, of um, self-doubt, of imposter syndrome, of excuses, of resistance. And so having a strong enough why protects you from those flames taking over. So I would ask you, you know, your goals for this year, your visions for this year, um, what is a why? You know, like what is, even if it's, I was talking to someone the other day, and they had said, you know, I, my goal this year is to be able to create passive income. And I was like, what does passive income mean to you, though? When you get it, what is that going to create for you? What does it really mean? It means freedom. It means a, a, a felt sense of safety. It means the ability to have options. It means the ability for you to create space to do things for your family and your friends. Like, that's your why. It's not the passive income. It's what's underneath that. And so I would um, encourage everyone to dig deep into your why, because then when you have resistance come up, when you have excuses come up, you can align back to your why. And from that place, have the momentum and the fuel to keep going. Um, so having a strong why is the first aspect of it. And then the second piece of it is to just, and Michelle, this is something that I think I read on a Pinterest board uh, six or seven years ago, mm -hmm. start where you yeah. are, do, do what you can, and use the tools that you have. That will forever be my motto because we can get so overwhelmed by doing this and this and this and this and this. And so rather than trying to overexert yourself with tons of new practices in 2022, start with a really sustainable approach. Maybe it's just breathing for five minutes every single day. And um, I can even give everyone a, a really simple breath practice, but breathing for five minutes you a day and like making mind. that your motto. <laughs> I was going to ask you that. I was going to ask you if you would. So, yeah, that would be great. Um, I, I, love, by the, I love what you're sharing, that getting to this why, the bigger um, reason why, you know, why we're doing something, what is our motivation, what is, you know, really being honest with that. I think that's so pivotal. I hope previous callers and listeners are listening now because really underscore some of the stuff we were talking about um, before you came on air. And um, to me, the way that you're, you know, kind of drilling it down is, is I, I feel like people are really going to need to do this more and more like why are you really doing this what is your motive what do you really want and mm -hmm. then what supports that you know because to me what you're talking about with the breath work or meditation or you know mindfulness is a form of meditation it's like we need those things to support i mean i i do and i'm, I'm assuming most people do to support the bigger vision your life or whatever it is that you're creating those types of tools or lifestyle hacks are what helps us, you know, kind of get there in one piece. You know? mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Even this morning I was leading a workshop on really being able to tap into your intuition. And, you know, when we at first glance, 
are introduced to breathwork and meditation, especially from like more of the science side of it as being a tool for just stress. It's like, that's great. Wonderful. But like, what else, you know, and breathwork and meditation, we can use that to become more creative. We can use that to um, develop a greater and stronger connection to our intuition. We can use that to build more self-trust and confidence and, you know, to really be able to turn down the noise and the volume on the outside world and be able to have a better relationship with our inner world. And when you think about the things that you're calling in and claiming and your big dreams and visions, those are so essential to have in your in your arsenal as allies because you want to be following your intuition you want to be taking a creative approach you want to be doing or traveling down the path that's going to serve you in the journey of achieving the things that you want to achieve um, so that when you get to the achievement it feels good and it doesn't feel like you went there a way that was unsustainable or didn't have fun along the journey you know these practices are priceless for really I think serving you down the path in a way that is allowing for a unique journey versus just following the outside world and potentially um, not honoring yourself in the process. Mm. Yes. And you said something, the intuition, breath work, meditation, being in that meditative state is not only important but crucial. You can't get your intuition or higher vibrational information or without the meditative state. You just can't without meditation and breath work. Um, <laughs> I'll do it all the yep. time. I'll stop myself and breathe. I did it this morning. I was Sometimes I'll do a meditation in the morning, then I walk and I'll do a walking you know, meditation. And I was getting some downloads, but I could see I was getting in, you know, the little me was getting involved. And I just had to stop and kind of slow my breath down. And then pause and wait and get into that, you know, space of oneness. Um, but, yeah, that's, I'm glad you mentioned that because that, I feel, is one thing that really trips people up with interpreting their intuition is they're mm-hmm. not getting it in that meditative state. They're getting it from the ego uh, perception. And I could say never. I mean, rarely to never is accurate. So, yeah, that is so crucial. People that are, you know, anybody listening that's wanting to develop their intuition more, you really need to um, have this. Oh, yeah. I mean, I remember when I first started learning about what intuition was and, like, starting to hone mine in, um, I wasn't meditating at the time yet, or I was like very haphazardly and I tried everything under the sun and it really wasn't until I started meditating that I finally started to identify, Oh, that's my intuition. Okay. And, you know, for those that have maybe had trouble meditating or feel like you're not good at meditating or your mind's too busy or you don't have enough time, that's really where the breath work comes in because it settles your body enough so that by the time you move into meditation, you're already in that nice meditative state and you can kind of bypass a lot of the like antsiness of the first 30 to 30 seconds to two minutes of a meditation practice. And let me ask you, um, do you find too that a lot of times when we are doing meditation, breath work, or combination of, because to me you can't really have meditation without the breath work. You have to have the, Diana, the you know the pranayama. But do you find that you naturally kind of 
get more intuitive or maybe slip into that intuitive state or maybe answers come? Absolutely. Um, practice? You do. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because when you have a practice that creates enough stillness and enough presence, what becomes available outside of the mental chatter and what becomes available when we're no longer focusing on the external world, but really like centered within ourselves is the intuition. It is the inner voice. And that doesn't necessarily mean that it's only the inner voice. I think that we have many voices inside of us, but you can begin to hear that voice more and more and more. And then from that point, it's really just, okay, that was my intuition. Let me honor it Mm -hmm. by following through with what it said. Let me trust in myself. And over time, that voice becomes louder and stronger and your trust in yourself becomes um, larger and larger. And then your confidence grows as well too, because you've created this really beautiful relationship with this inner voice that has guided you to take inspired action, to show up in some way or to create whatever or to do whatever. And you start to see the external world reflect what you desire. But it does take time. You know, it's not going to happen overnight. I remember in the beginning, I would get so many different like intuitive um, hits and like guidance. And I was like, this makes no sense at all, but I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to reach out to this person. I'm going to send this email. I'm going to talk about this thing. I don't know why, but my intuition is guiding me to, and I'm just going to trust that this voice is really intelligent and knows much more than I know. Yeah, the trust factor. That, and again, that takes time. Um, and again, a willingness to perhaps suspend disbelief and just you know, I'm getting this, Why, you know, it's coming to me. Um, and I want to know, I'm going to leave a little time for a little breath work, but definitely want to just know a little bit about your your first awakening and perhaps how you awakened to this, however you turn that to what you're doing now. Because um, mm-hmm. you definitely had a call or calling to do this from your um, journey, in fact, of being um, homeless and, to being very impassioned with what you're doing now. If you could share just a little bit of that with us. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, as you mentioned, as a teen, my mom, my sister, and I were homeless around the age of 16. And I grew up in, like, northern L.A. County, Calabasas, Agora area, which is a pretty affluent area. Um, And growing up and being a part of a middle-class family and then losing everything while, you know, my friends and their families were insanely wealthy, was really challenging and brought Mm. up a lot of, I think, desire as far as being able to fit in and not feel different that created a fire under my bum to work really hard. I dropped out of school in um, my sophomore year of high school and got two jobs and from that point forward never stopped working. Um, By the age of, I think, 20 or 21, uh, without a college degree, I got an an incredible job at a startup and was making more money than I ever imagined I'd ever be able to make. And um, through that process, though, if anyone has worked in a startup before, you know that you're doing a lot. You're working a lot more hours than they tell you, and you have to be really flexible to showing up and, and really working your bum off. And so 
through that process because I had really developed this hustle mentality that was based out of fear and scarcity and never wanting to be homeless again, I worked myself into the ground and my physical body started responding in a way that was really just destroying my health. I had migraines every other week. Uh, My eyesight was deteriorating. Mm. It was at the point where I couldn't even really foster my relationships because I was just so exhausted constantly and in so much pain constantly Um, and thank goodness at that time I had a girlfriend that dragged me to a yoga class and between the trauma of being homeless and other traumatic experiences of my late teen years I really had disassociated from my body and was living so up in my mind out of that place of survival Um, So when I went to that yoga class, it was the first time I actually felt at home in my body and felt good. And I remember in that moment laying dripping in sweat, just thinking to myself, I need to make people feel as good as I feel right now. And from that point forward, it kind of snowballed into going down this rabbit hole of yoga and meditation and breath work. And I had been practicing um, just the physical practice of yoga for a while before I kind of hit this plateau and was looking for something more and breath work was introduced to me during my yoga teacher training actually. And I remember leaving the class that night calling my girlfriend and saying, Oh my goodness, I don't even know how to explain what I just experienced, but it was powerful. It was magical and I'm hooked. And um, from that point forward, I really just, dove headfirst into breath work and meditation and started taking these different um, courses and teacher trainings. And as someone who had come from a more traditional corporate background, had a lot of marketing experience, I realized throughout all of these trainings, they were providing people with kind of like fragments of information. They weren't actually teaching you how to become successful through what you were teaching and what you were learning. And I really wanted to be able to empower these healers and these leaders and these teachers with the ability to not only be powerful leaders, but know how to also be powerful and successful business owners as well, because we know that those that are in healing work, those that are teaching breath work or spirituality or life coaches or teachers or whoever is really here to serve the more successful they are simply just means that there are more people receiving their work, receiving their message, receiving their gifts, you know, our work creates a ripple effect. And so I really saw this opportunity to bridge the gap between business and spirituality and healing and mindfulness so that everyone across the globe could really start to create this ripple effect of healing in their own life and then the lives of those around them. Um, So that's really where my work began. And it really was born out of this space of knowing that there is so much more to life than the, I would say, like almost like the tracks that we are set on that are usually set for us because of either our circumstances or, um, you know, just the the definitiveness of the society that we've grown up in. Mm. Right, and it helped you. So that, yeah, that's great inspired action. Um, Ava, we have a question in the chat. Would she be able to ask, let's see, how breath work would bring healing to the heart center or chest area, please? Mm, 
such a beautiful question. Absolutely. So the heart center, I think, is our most intelligent space. And when we can begin to create a relationship with our heart and be able to listen to the sensations and potentially the tension or the tightness of the heart, we can actually use the breath as this really gentle guide in creating more space there. For me, the breath actually allows us to drop into our heart so our heart can lead us in the action we take, the words that we speak, the frequency in which we um, emote out to the world. And so this practice is actually perfect for anybody to do. And this is the practice that I was going to share at the end. Um, so one of my favorite breathwork practices is called Sama Vritti Pranayama. And it's an incredibly gentle practice that allows okay, you to drop into intro- that. Just- just to say real quick, if people, because we're gonna um, we're gonna go over just a little bit with um, Ava doing the breath work. For those of you that are uh, listening, you'll be able to hear. Um, if you have to go, that's fine. It'll be in the archives. But if you want to connect with her more, because we'll just end with your beautiful breath work, um, go beautiful. to academyofbreath.org, and also um, there's an Academy of Breath online teacher training course, which is is that January 10th. Yes, it starts next week. Ava? Okay, perfect. All right. All right. So all of you love you much, um, and we're just going to let Ava take us out. Take us Beautiful. Thank you so much, Michelle. Yes. So Sama Vriti Pranayama, this breathwork practice is meant to bring you into your relaxation response. It's amazing to do when you wake up. It's amazing to do right before you go to sleep. In fact, it'll help you fall asleep. And one of the reasons why I love this practice so much is that it really helps to reacquaint us with the entire capacity of our lungs, which our lungs are so innately connected to our heart and also sit next to our hearts in our bodies. And so with this breathwork practice, and you don't even have to close your eyes to do this. I do this when I'm driving sometimes. You'll be breathing all in and out of your nose. We're going to inhale for a count of five, hold at the top for a count of five, exhale for a count of five, and then hold on empty for a count of five. And that's the entire practice. So five, 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 you can remember that. And I'll guide us through a couple of rounds. And so as it relates to the heart, what I really want you to focus on as you're doing this practice is feeling your breath move through your belly, then your rib cage, than your chest. So we're not just breathing into the chest, but we're really breathing into the belly and the rib cage and the chest. And what this is going to help do is start to break up any sensation that you might feel in your chest. Oftentimes the physical sensations in our chest are a sign of being in that stress response. So what this will really help you do is not only move energy, but also create a sense of safety in your body. So the energy just gently wants to relax itself on its own. So this is, again, a beautiful practice for becoming in tune with your heart and for allowing yourself to find a sense of release, relaxation, and ease within your body. So again, you don't have to close your eyes to do this. If you are in a safe space to be able to close your eyes, then you absolutely can. And exhale all of your air to just prepare. We'll just do a couple of rounds. So breathing in through your nose for a count of five, Two, three, four, five. Hold at the top. Relax your shoulders. Relax your physical body. Exhale for five, four, 
three, two, one, hold at the bottom. Again, allowing in these holds for your entire body to relax. Whenever we release any muscular tension, it communicates from the body to the brain that you're safe here. Good. Then take a deep breath in for five. Belly, rib cage, hold at the top. And this time as you exhale, if you're feeling any sensation in your body, I want you to imagine as you're breathing out for five, that all of that tension is moving out through the lungs, all the way out through the nose, into the world. Good. Hold at the bottom. And we'll do one more round. Inhaling for five, two, three, four, five. Hold at the top. Settle the body. Settle the mind. And exhale for five. Four, three, two, one. Hold at the bottom one last time. Beautiful, Ava. Thank you so much. Mm, thank Ooh, you so nice. much for having me. Yeah, little hat. Yes, you can do that at any time. Yeah, anytime, <laughs> even driving. Oh, thank you so much, Ava, Johanna. Thank you so much for being on Awakenings, and thank you for all that you're sharing um, with the world. Take good care. Thank you. All right, everyone. That was Ava Johanna. Um, you can find out more information by going to academyofbreath.org. Just doing two cycles of that breath work. All right, Radiant Soul Lights. Um, keep shining bright, sharing your insights, and of course, keep light. Awakenings broadcast every Wednesday, 12 p.m. Pacific Time. Archive shows available on iTunes. For continued awakened conversations and insights, join the Awakenings group on Facebook. And check out Michelle's blog at soulplayground.com. And keep awake. Are you